This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, talk about some weird stuff, and just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's Mad Man at nine. Yes, sir. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to uh, episode 13. Episode 13. Lucky 13. Yeah, it is. This is one of those where we'll have a, uh, we're going to have a good time with. I think so, man. Because I said to Jimmy, that's Jimmy, nine. I, I said to Jimmy, Jimmy, do you want to go in there and just kind of just freeform it? And he said, Matthew, if I may call you that, Matthew. I said, of course you can, nine. He said, Matthew. We should know what we're going to talk about because you know how we can ramble. And if we go in there and just start rambling, there's not going to be any kind of thematic theme to it. Yeah, we could. I mean, we we should do that one week. We could just ramble for like 45 minutes about whatever. It's a, it's risky. Yeah, but we could do it. I mean, we're in our infancy here. We haven't even finished up a full season yet. That's true. But regardless, uh, yeah, this kind of the the and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for seeking us out. It's not like turning on, getting in the car and turning on the the radio and hearing our the Rise Guys morning show. You had to seek us out to find this, so thank you. Yeah, and uh, you're welcome because it's kind of stuffy in here today, in the closet where we record. It's hot in here. Is it? Yeah, it is. I'm hot. Oh. I have to take my sweatpants off. Uh oh. Whoa. Those are joggers, I think. Yeah, man, I think they are joggers. Maybe loungers. Maybe they're mainly loungers when I wear them. Yeah. We're actually uh, talking to you today from the past because uh, we're taping this. We're talking to you from Election Day. We, the madness hasn't begun yet. It's still the no. the like America one. We're not on America part two yet. We don't know that there's going to be madness. No, but we can anticipate some BS. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've been there, done that before. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. We See, we're old enough that we were around for the 2000 election. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't chance. old enough to vote yet, but I was old enough to consume news. Plus, I was a nerdy teenager, so I knew what was going on. Sure. Well, you had, even if you watched SNL, you kind of knew something. You know, all about I, some dude named Chad hanging. I remember as a kid watching this show on HBO called Not Necessarily the News. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. It was like, like Stuart Pack, Pankin was on there. I think... Uh, uh, Kevin Nealon early on was on there, mm-hmm. and it, they would make fun of politics in the news, and that's how I knew who Tip O'Neill was, because yeah. they made so many jokes about Speaker of the House Tip O'Neill. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. So that's how I learned politics. Yeah, yeah, man, I learned a lot about politics from watching late-night television as a kid, watching like Leno and Letterman and stuff like that in SNL. And, and that's what kind of brought this on, is the election, and uh, 
you know, w- with, for instance, on Instagram, if, if you have to uh, put yourself as an occupation, if you have a, a creator page or, or whatever it is we have, mm-hmm. you have to be like a public interest or you have to be an artist or DJ or media. And I'm just a public figure because I'm not part of the media. And I especially hate when they use the word the mainstream media. Yeah, which is... Which brought us to what we're going to talk about today. Well, do you know who who the people are who throw around the term mainstream media? They're members of the mainstream media. I mean, you don't make $600 million worth of personal fortune off of a radio gig unless you're part of the mainstream media. Right. So the guy who coined that term, I don't have to say who it is. You know exactly who it is. But, yeah, I mean, he's worth half a billion dollars or that more. That much now. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, I mean, and he's been a part of the mainstream media the entire time he's been demonizing it. You have to tell me later who this is. Yeah. I, you know, wish him all the best. Sure, I hope he well. makes it through everything. I really do. It's terminal. I mean, I wish him. I just wish him the best. Yeah, I know. But that the you know, Rush Limbaugh. I, yeah. that, that's a guy who, you know, he anybody that can become that big in in radio, you have to kind of respect. Yeah, you do. No you, matter I mean, what his views are, this or that. He's a very charismatic figure. He's very loud, booming. Rush Limbaugh, boy. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's yeah. a character. He's a larger than life figure. The gold microphone, everything about it. I mean, you have to. I mean, and he worked hard too, mm-hmm. but in a lot of years of hard work. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's still he knows what he's doing when he says mainstream media. He knows he's a part of it. Or the lamestream. Yeah. Like, the lamestream. He media. said that one too. I think so. Yeah. But so nine and I were just talking off the air, and it, he, nine posed a great question. He's like, "Well, what is the mainstream now?" And I was like, "I think it's dead." Wow. What? Not the media, but mainstream, like. Remember the days? <laughs> well, even mainstream media. I mean, you either go, you either go to the right side for news, or you go to the left side for news. There's the right mainstream being like Fox, and the left mainstream being like CNN, MSNBC. Yeah. So even the mainstream media is divided. Absolutely, but television. You know, there would be the mainstream shows like Must See TV, mm-hmm. and, and I already realized the answer to this question that i'm going to pose here but you know you only had three or four channels yeah. way back when when there was must see tv or friday nights which were awesome friday night lineups were so awesome oh yeah man friday night back in the days when you had like miami vice and stuff right it was on friday night back Dukes in, in of the hazard 80s. as well dallas dallas yeah dallas was the stuff um so there was less options but now it's it's that thing where some people will only watch the mainstream stuff, whatever that. Which, when I say mainstream now, I'm talking about your, your. Uh, oh, uh, see, I can't. I can't think of one. Okay, uh, the, hmm. Walking Dead would have been a good example. It's it's on its way out, obviously. But there was that time in America where that was the 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 one thing where a good chunk of the population either watched it or at least was very aware of it. But it never got mainstream because at most 10 to 12 million people watched it in a given week in a nation of 330 million people at the time. You know, so it was, I mean, so for every person you'd run into who could, oh, yeah, I saw The Walking Dead, you'd run into 100 who didn't see it. But they were aware of it. Or, you know, what's a good example from earlier this year, The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary about the Bulls. So that seems mainstream, right? Yeah. Fewer than 7 million viewers per episode. Can I tell you what burns me up about that? A, I watched it on HBO On Demand, and it was censored. Yeah. B, 
Netflix picked it up. It's uncensored, but I've already watched it. I really want to hear Michael Jordan cuss and things like that. You can turn it on for a little bit of that. But Netflix, it's been three months since you've had it. Take it off the new releases. Yeah, they do that. It ain't new no more. Yeah. Thank you. The most popular broadcast television show Mm. is uh, NCIS, starring Mark Harmon on CBS. It's your grandmother's favorite show, I promise. You might not know it, but she loves Mark Harmon. Yeah. It averages slightly over 15 million viewers per episode. First run episodes. So again, I mean, mainstream is dead. Everybody watches what they want now. Uh, Tiger King might have been the closest thing we've had to mainstream appeal. (laughs) That's only because of the timing. Yes, exactly. It it was the closest thing I've seen in a while to something truly going mainstream. But even then, way more people didn't see it than saw it. But we all laughed at the memes and Carol Baskin. Yeah, and it, it was the thing where... God, what do we do? Hey, I heard my friend say this, and then next thing you know, you, you've watched the whole season. Tiger King is the show most pe- the most people probably lied about watching this year that didn't actually see it. Yeah, it could be. Probably, because that's always been a part of the mainstream. Too. I think that, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I can remember, uh, well, she's still alive, but I, I can remember my mom talking about Beatlemania, saying mm-hmm. that she remembered, not that she remembered seeing Ed Sullivan, but just remembered... On TV and magazines, hearing about Beatlemania yeah. and looking around like, where is Beatlemania? They, yeah. We don't even know who this is. Yeah, And th- you could say, well, that's small town. But that's that's part of the, the answer to the what is mainstream now is because stuff used to have a crawl. It would go, it'd start off in you know, Hollywood or New York City, and, and it would just start to go, you know, it's kind of like laws. You know, blue laws down here took a lot longer. Tattoo laws took a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it now, everything is instantaneous. That's where the virality of we the all get dude it at the same time. Skateboarding, drinking the cranberry juice. Yep, yep. everybody gets it at the same time. And but it's also quickly forgotten that fast. Yeah, it it is. That guy's been completely forgotten about a week later, yeah. or maybe two weeks. I mean, it's been a couple within the last couple of weeks, and it's gone now. Yeah, that's that. That uh, Elvis Beatles kind of mainstream we'll obviously never see again. That kind of Michael Jackson Prince mainstream that no longer exists. I mean, you can be as I guess you know Drake is the guy now who would be that guy, but he's nowhere near that guy in terms of mass commercial appeal or merchandise no. or popularity or, or people wanting to see him on TV or, or anything. Well, do you think that's not though? a knock on him? It's just the world now. Oh sure, but I mean, yeah, you can look at the the sales and that proves that to be true. But do you think that, especially with Beatlemania, that not that it was uh, faked, but it was certainly, you know, it's when you look at old photos and you see the way people are standing, uh, you say, okay, this is a stage photo. Mm-hmm. Not that it's faked, but you were not necessarily making the cookies right then. You were pretending you were making the cookies yeah. or having a conversation or whatever. So I think a lot of that was record company manipulation of the media, the Absolutely. mainstream media. Absolutely it was, because back then there was no, I mean, I, that predated any laws I know of as far as payola and plugola type stuff. Oh, yeah, without question. And that era of uh, radio and music, pop music and radio and rock and roll music, and that's why those laws eventually became came into existence, I believe. That's when that was running rampant. I mean, you could manufacture Beatlemania back then. Now, you can't. And 
nobody's getting over as a result of it. Yeah, radio stations used to, could, the radio station managers could accept money to play a record more. Yeah, or they accept more often. things like... Uh, or not play certain songs. A lot of times, if you ever if you ever heard of any uh, radio station giving away a... We're going to fly you out to L.A. to see Kiss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's from the record label. Oh, yeah. They provide the prize. Yeah, and the, the radio station doesn't really do anything except give it away. Yeah. It's free promotion for them and the band, and then the record label puts the bill on it and writes always, it off. I always love the history of the recording industry and in that, you know, at one time it became, before we had digital music, it became about record sales. The, the charts, how many copies did you move that weekend or that week? Yeah, kind of like the, the end of mainstream was when you had like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Eminem, those types. Uh, Britney Spears was up there too, selling like 3 million CDs in a week. But prior to, record stations were given the records and oftentimes would have a, uh, a, a, a group that would go to the, to the city a couple weeks before Elvis and Buddy Holly and everybody was coming, and they would hand out the records, yep. give them, because they knew that the kids would take them home, freak out and say, oh, my God, and they're coming to town in two weeks. We have to buy a ticket. We have to buy a ticket and go records see Records were them. free. They were promo items. And, yeah. and then it became the opposite where you had the J-Lo types selling millions of copies but would not tour yeah yeah and you had to have uh now that that model is gone now Big if, time. if you record music you have to tour and you have to go out there and make your money you have to go earn that money yeah and there isn't nearly as much of it now as there was in the 90s or even last year entertainment has gone that way yeah yeah i mean even pre-covid there was not a, a drop in the bucket Mm-mm. compared to the, the 90s money to be made but do you, do you so you know serves the, the record labels right too they screwed everybody for 100 years it's on them now you can't even do it per genre. Like, who is the mainstream artist of this genre of music? Rock and roll. Well, yeah. For example, sure. Yeah, because we do the, the the Rise Guys Morning Show on a rock station. Uh-huh. Ah, I mean the the most mainstream ones that I can think of that we have that are still active are like Foo Fighters, Metallica, Metallica, Ozzy, Pearl Jam. Who's? I mean, Ozzy's not going to be around much longer. Damn. Mm. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, Metallica, Still. Pearl Jam, those are, those are some good ones. And uh, a bunch of dead guys or a bunch of bands that aren't around anymore like Zeppelin. Yeah. But even in like you know country music, 20 years ago you could say Garth yeah. would have been the figurehead. Lil' G. Yeah. And what gets me is this is something that they haven't been able to figure out between all the record companies and the radio companies and and everybody involved in in all of this marketing and creating and and branding nobody's been able to figure out how to do a nirvana since nirvana was nirvana they weren't the first one but they're the last one that came along that really hit that huge that massive mainstream appeal um, Corn kind of had it when they had got the life of number one on TRL in the late 90s. I remember that, But yeah. outside of that, I mean, it, it's been 30 years since Nirvana broke almost. It's been, I'll tell you what it's like right now. This is turning into an old man show. Well, but it's just, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's just, just us speaking from our experiences life. and seeing that nobody can reach that level now. I can remember being in high school and my friends telling me about Led Zeppelin. I was aware of Led Zeppelin. My dad played them. Fast Times Regiment High taught me about Led Zeppelin IV. Yeah. But I remember thinking, wow, this is crazy. They don't even, I, I think they'd already split up at that time. Oh, yeah. They split up, I believe, before you were born. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they came back together, Plant and Page or whatever. It was like early 70s they split. Yeah. Um, 
I remember thinking, wow, this is crazy. These guys haven't even recorded anything new, and yet me and my group of friends are getting into them, and we're buying Led Zeppelin shirts at Spencer's. Now that's happening with my kid with Nirvana. Yeah. And it's those little, little, the, those few mainstream acts that are able to to hold on and make it through that their kids' generation or I, the following generation. I did not think that Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd would make it past my generation. And Pink, Talking about your generation? Make it past my generation. I'm, I'm almost 36. I was born in 1984, and uh, thank you. But yeah, and Floyd has honestly faded. I mean, they'll be they'll be back, but uh, or at least their popularity will be back. Just wait for my grandkids will be in to them. die or something, and they'll be huge again. Yeah. Uh, but Zeppelin has really persisted past. I would. I mean, past even Hendrix, The Doors, obviously Floyd. Oh, yeah. Zeppelin has persisted past all of them. The where kids in high school still buy Led Zeppelin T-shirts for some reason, and it's been 50 years. Yeah. Hmm. Like, yeah, I never thought about that. Kids, in, it's been 50 years. They're still buying Zeppelin t-shirts. Nobody my age was running around uh, wearing Cab Calloway or Glenn Miller in his orchestra t-shirts. I would have wore a big bopper shirt, though, had right? they had it in my size. Yeah. I say that. Now, Buddy Holly was pretty popular when I was a teenager with people my age. Yeah. He had a resurgence, but that was his last gasp. That won't happen again for Buddy Holly. That so, estate is dried up is what I'm saying. What do you think, though, that, like, Sticking with Nirvana for the time being, as far as music goes, like that was a time where it was kind of a, de- you know, depressed rock and roll sound or whatever. But it was different. It was angst. It was rebellion and all that stuff. It was more reflective of the time that the way people were feeling, especially young people, than all the the spandex and yes, strippers, woo. Yeah, was, you know, like people were were sick of Warrant and Motley Crue. I think, but I blame a lot of that on the record companies because. They they see a Nirvana, I was going to say killing it, but doing very well. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're, they're only going to go sign bands who sound like Nirvana, and the next big thing won't be discovered. Yeah, exactly. That's why, I mean, but, you know, luckily they found some great bands like Alice in Chains and Stone oh, Temple Pilots. Soundgarden. Some great albums. Mother Love Bone. Yeah, they put out some great stuff, but even in part of that, some of, some of the greatest rock bands of all time were still active and kind of got flushed when that happened. Remember, ACDC didn't do much throughout the 90s no. because they were grouped in with the group from before. Uh, Van Halen, they didn't have Roth anymore, but they were still putting out some good music. Rest in peace, Eddie. They got kind of flushed as well with ACDC and everybody else who was around before grunge. It was all about grunge and nothing else when grunge hit. I don't know as far as the distribution rights and stuff, who exactly owns it, but I feel like if they own it, ACDC's great-great-great-great-grandkids will never have to work. Yeah, that'll stick around. That ACDC's been in so many video games, commercials, wrestling paper, everything you yep. can think of. And here's a good ACDC. They were on Soul Train in 79. 1994, ACDC put out an album called Ball Breaker. It was not a hit record. It was not a big album for them. They were in probably about the lowest point they've known. In the, album art was cool, though. It was, but it was probably about the lowest point of ACDC's career in terms of success. Still successful, but on a much lower level than everything else they'd done before and after. But still, you know what song was on Ball Breaker that became a huge hit 10 years later? My Balls. Yeah, that was uh, one of the songs on Ball Breaker. It became a huge hit, but only after it was in a bunch of movies about high school football and college football. They did. We've got pro football. They did. We've got the biggest balls of them all. 
Yeah, that was that, that wasn't on Ball Breaker. That was earlier. That was an older song. Oh, okay. Yeah, a largely forgotten about song now too. Man. I only really remember it because of the Great Balls Mahoney. Rest in peace, also. Well, rock and roll radio used to play it a lot through the late '90s and early 2000s, but now they dropped it. It's gone. Mm. We replaced it with "Rape Me" by Nirvana. Yeah, even that's receding now. That's well, not bad. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing now the the recession of Nirvana. Maybe for the last time. Maybe not. Man, did you see though? Quickly, did you see? When COVID started, Post Malone did a concert of all Nirvana. Oh, yeah, man. He did a great job. It was very good. He's talented. He's a talented guy. Yeah. It's too bad he tattooed his face all the hell. It looks rough. Yeah. The, uh, it's his face, though. But here's a concern, a legitimate concern going forward with all this, and I don't have an answer to it, and I don't imagine you do, but maybe, because you have some ideas. So 20 years from now, the year will be 2040. We'll be very old. We're getting there anyway. We quite old. Yeah, I'll be pretty old. Yeah. I'll be able to retire. Yeah. So twenty years from now, what's gonna come back since nothing right now is really mainstream? There's not gonna be anything to come back in twenty years. And then does that the, does that signal the, the end of society, the end of civilization? Or, or I mean what really what happens to our culture when there's nothing to recycle? Well, you have to think civilization in in what way? But like consumerism, because culturally, yeah. But like because our culture is fading, is what I see when there's nothing to bring back in twenty more years. There's nothing is mainstream and nothing is remembered. But I think it's it's been happening though. We've just not maybe paid attention to it. I always use the example of blue jeans. How seventies bell bottoms, eighties. You know, we didn't call them skinny jeans, but tapered real close to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, you got Jinkos. Yeah. And then skinny jeans. Yeah. Hell, you're wearing joggers today. And now we're back to the high waist. because I'm fat and lazy, but now we're back to the high waisted jeans like Jesse Spano jeans. jeans. Yeah. Same thing with the, no, the bikinis, where yeah. they're called cut up the side, up, almost to the armpit. I love those. I'm down. I look awful in them. Though. Yeah, I can't wear them, but I like yeah. the way they look on, 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 on fit people. Yeah. Cut the blood circulation off for me. Yeah. But now, where do we go when there's nothing to bring back? We, it's all been brought back and cycled through six times, so there's nowhere else to go. We innovate. That's when we start wearing the silver spacesuits from all the sci-fi movies about the future. Well, I mean, we really are going that direction. We really are. Part of that problem... We'll be in space by then. You'll be living on Mars by then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Part of the problem is you need more people like us. Just not it's not a don't give a damn in what we what we wear, but it's what we want to wear clothes wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for instance, you're wearing a Macho Man Randy Travis shirt today. Yes. It looks like the Macho Man. I, I mean, think one of fact, them rest in peace. It's his body. It is Macho it has, Man's body. It has Randy Travis's face on there. It does. It's his head. Randy's You're wearing head. that with a hat that says freedom on it. Yeah. With it, an eagle. There's an eagle on it. It's a Goran Bros. And yeah. then my uh, my sweatpants and my, my taco it. socks and my Adidas basketball Hey, I wore taco socks yesterday. I like taco socks. Yeah. yeah. I wore them on Monday. I wasn't thinking what day it was. I wasn't either. I just happened to wear I'll wear tacos today. It was tacos or pizza. I picked tacos. Yeah. Maybe pizza tomorrow. Your feet smell like fire sauce. No, uh-uh. no, <laughs> smell like vinegar. Yeah, but and onions. But there's, you know, we also have the jobs that make it where we can wear stuff like that. So I'm about to dig myself into a hole. Yeah, we're not blue collar, white collar. We just don't have a collar. But th- there was a time during COVID, right at the beginning, where people were making, they were putting more stuff on social media, like they were thinking outside the box. They were not following suit with the sheep, where they're like, you know what? I've always wanted to paint. I'm going to do this, or I've wanted to. Dressed like this, I'm going to do it because a, I don't have to go anywhere, and b, maybe the world's ending soon. Who gives a damn? Yeah. But then all that kind of got back to the norm when the restaurants opened back up, and you know, uh, so, you know, social distancing. At least here in South Carolina, it's a little mm-hmm. more lax than other places. You may listen to this. Pretty but damn lax around here. It's 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 the ebb and flow of stuff. It is. But it is it is scary when you think about all the you know, my dad, for instance had a car that he loved from seeing it in his childhood and then in a movie. The movie was American Graffiti. The car was a 58 Chevy. Yeah, we're going to stick on cars, so go, go right ahead. He, he he said, one day when I get the money, I'm going to buy that car and I'm going to restore it. He ended up buying one. It was going to be expensive to restore, so he ended up buying one that was already restored. He got to customize it. Mm-hmm. I realized that people still customize cars and buy the ones from maybe that they wanted as, as a kid. Or as a teenager. When Nobody's going to go out and buy a collect a 98 Altima. Mm-mm. Nobody. Because it's not that same type of car. It's 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 plastic. The fenders are plastic. It's yeah. disposable, just like they made the movies and the songs. It's, it's I don't see, well, that that's something you already see fading. But, you know, the, the car swap meets and the, the car hops and oh, yeah. cruise-ins and stuff. Yep. But that's all right. I mean, if, if it goes, it goes. I don't see people doing amateur radios much anymore. Yeah, I mean, ham radios, not really. Is, I mean, the only people doing that are, well, they're dying of old age slowly. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, that, yeah, I mean, cars are the, another example, though, of how culture is, is changing. And maybe these things aren't meant to be remembered and cherished like they are because it, we, you know, people carry around SS Chevelles like emotional baggage. And that's probably badass. not good. To, they are badass cars, man. I mean, I'd love to have me a Hemi Cuda if I ever had $100,000 to spare on a car. Mm, Hemi Cuda. But it's just, 
Yeah, I mean the, the collectible, the collector cars and things. Those are going away too, because those guys who do that are, are getting older, and the younger cats aren't as into it because the cars are so much older than they are. Well, I, th- I so well, you want to have a tricked out '98 Civic, bro? I'm sitting here thinking about like when when I'm in traffic and you know there's a certain vehicle I, I find myself seeing over and over again, and it's a, a Porsche Porsche. SUV. Yeah, the Cayenne. I, I see like it the Peppa. a lot, but it's also because I'm aware that I'm looking for it. It's almost like when you get a vehicle you've never had before and you start to notice, hey, look, I see a bunch of these now that I drive it. Because mm-hmm. you're paying attention. I, all cars now are white, gray. They're all Nobody makes any kind of crazy colored cars anymore. Like they used to make those great Chevys and Fords right off the line in. Do Teslas come in colors besides white and black? I've never seen one that wasn't white or black on the road. So you, you see that, you know, and you see that in the fashion too, but with the cars, you don't see a lot of pomp and circumstance on a lot of cars unless they're politically minded as far as bumper stickers and things like that. Oh, yeah. When your Tesla's done, you're going to throw it away where you put your cell phone when it's used up. <laughs> so, the battery's dead permanently. What I think part of that attribution is, is we get road rage and we don't want to flip off the wrong person or tell the wrong person to blank themselves, and then then be able to see, that's that guy in that bright red truck that has the so-and-so bumpers. I don't want to use any examples. That's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. But then you look at, I see this meme all the time. It shows really successful people in their 20s, and they're wearing a lot of gold. They have a flashy car, all this stuff. They show it once they've made it. They're wearing a plain black sweatshirt, black jeans, and they're trying to stay out of any anybody's attention. You want to flaunt what you don't have, and then when you got it, you want you to hide it. You don't want anybody to follow you home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, the, the, yeah, something else I like, though, is, that seems to be going away is the, the identity of a vehicle. Is What, naming them? No, just pretty much that it, it's, this is something that is going away now, but I've always been able to do it. I've always been able to pretty much figure out what type of person's driving what type of car based on the car they're in. Oh, man. I I, used to do that with the tires. I got really mad at somebody in traffic a few weeks ago because I was at one of those red lights where the light going straight across will stay red, but there's a flashing yellow arrow if you're turning left. Oh, yes. I got at one of those, and the car in front of me would not go. It was a smaller, I think an older, smaller Kia SUV. Very well kept one, though, to be an older Kia SUV. Um, But just from the type of vehicle it was, I couldn't get too mad because I said, odds are this is a very elderly lady driving this. And then a few minutes later up the road, I, I passed her. And, yeah, she's about 115 years old probably, if I had to guess. Oh. So, yeah, I knew exactly who was driving it because of the type of vehicle. Now, if that lady had been in, say, a late model Challenger, well, then I would have been more angry because I wouldn't <laughs> be expecting somebody's great-great-grandma to be driving a, a Hellcat. Right. I thought you were going to say, you say, get out of the way, bitch, and you realize it was a guy driving. But, see, it's convenient that that old lady was driving a very old lady car, so I knew not to get too mad at the road rage situation. See, I get the same way when when someone is driving way slow in front of me, and it's like like State Park Road, uh, two lanes, uh, and then I get up on them, and they're poking, and then I see it says veteran yeah. on the thing. I'm yeah. like, all right, then. Yeah. All right. Do they have to pay up for those? If you're a veteran, do you do you get a specialized uh, I don't tag? Oh man, they shouldn't make you pay for that. I have no idea. Well, I wish I did. Your father? I didn't know. He wasn't a veteran. He just pretended to be to make money in Walmart parking lots in the eighties. Well, I didn't know if he knew all the answers. So, is it is it that we're embracing individuality more, or is it going away? I don't know. I, it's I, hard to say. I think about like utopia and the way that the world allegedly was way back in the day, where everybody got along and everything was so communal. 
but it, it really couldn't have been either that or it was really everybody minding their own business and saying, oh, you like Galileo? <laughs> I'm a Socrates son of a gun over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not yeah. a great analogy, but the, the yeah. fact that everything was communal. Everybody yeah. kind of sang in harmony. Or was that part of the, the – was that the Instagram of history? Where When you see the, the somebody you went to high school with and they have their perfect family there, and you think, they have the perfect family, you're not realizing that once the photo's taken, they're back to their rooms on their iPods and not speaking to each other. It is the Instagram of history. It absolutely is because if you listen to old people here talk about it, you'll you'll hear that everybody used to admire and respect the president of the United States. But the truth of the matter is that throughout the history of this country – Nearly half the country has always disliked the president. But there was, a, I totally agree, but I, there's a photo that I think about. This might not be the best example, but my grandma uh, used to have a photo of JFK that they kept in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was prior, during, or after his death, but if you look at it a certain way, it was on the opposite wall of a painting of Christ. Yeah. So you kind of have to look at it as though you're, you're pledging to a flag, not a man. Well, JFK was a guy that a lot of people liked before he died, and a lot of people loved him. My grandma loved too. him, and yeah. she wanted to be Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. uh, the guy I think about who was beloved by history and a truly a great American leader and an icon uh, for this country is, uh, is FDR. A lot of people, a lot of people really mad when he introduced this Social Security thing, though. A lot of people didn't want that, didn't like that idea at all. A lot of people still don't like it. A lot of people still think it was a bad idea. A lot of people uh, shade him now, all these years later, over it. Well, he had some skeletons in his closet. A good wartime president, though. Yeah. Hell of a leader. But also, back then, though, you had a lack of information. Mm -hmm. You only had to deal with what the mainstream media told you. And you, you you know, I remember when the light bulb went off in my head about the media and what the projection was. Uh, I, you know, I can remember how when my mom went on a missionary trip, she would, she told me that the video that they presented to her at the, the, you know, the, whatever fundraiser, whatever it was, was showing these kids who were out living in these villages, and almost like the ones where you see, hey, nineteen dollars a month help these starving kids. It was almost mm-hmm. like that. But my mom said when she got over there, it was like apartments here in America. Yeah, and it was no different. So it's like when you have that thought of. Africa, you think of the, you know, lines and stuff and kids running around, you know, where are the parents at, blah, blah, blah. Or you think of, of, of China, you think of people wearing masks all the time and smog and all this stuff. But it's not like, it's only the little glimpse we get to see and we base everything upon that. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you really, you really do. You base everything upon just a, a little bit of what you get to see, or a painting that we saw in a history book. Yeah, and, and, and what you said something a moment ago about uh, mainstream media back, like old timey mainstream media back when there were evening newsmen who were just you know the stuff. Cronkite, you, you were the man because you were the evening news guy. It, it seemed to me that everybody's collective interest then was in unity. But now there's some kind of Tower of Babel thing going on where everybody's collective interest is in division. I don't know when that flipped, but it happened sometime shortly after Kennedy, I believe. You see Frost Nixon, the movie? Yeah. That's a real good movie. It was good. I, I don't know what happened there. I, I, I associate a lot of that with the Nixon administration. Mm-hmm. Not only the, taking us off the gold standard, but just there being a puppet master in play very shady dealings and very obvious very ballsy with the oh, they're too stupid to figure out what we're doing very yeah. in your face shadiness with the nixon administration that that definitely played a big part and also 
I know it was the conglomerates that own networks have always owned them because they started them. But uh, it's almost like, you know, baseball teams. Like, the Dodgers still the only family-owned baseball team? I have no idea. That may have even changed. Yeah. That, Very I mean, rare. Sports uh, ownership's going to hell. So the same thing with these major conglomerates. They they control the news. and Why, why would they want to control the news? Because look at all everything else that they own. It kind of helps them to project a certain kind of thing to sway votes or to make you want to get away from it all and go to Disney mm-hmm. or watch your favorite team on ESPN plus. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, they definitely have engineered it well to where they, they don't want us paying attention, but then when we kept paying attention, well, then what did they do? They had us pay attention to our side and live in an, in an echo chamber, Yeah, a bubble that is just an echo chamber that bounces. I mean, where we, basically argue with anonymous strangers and bots online but otherwise we just communicate with people who agree with us but it it could also be that thing that we're we're sounding like hypocrites where you said and i do the same thing where you see a certain vehicle and say i can tell maybe what kind of person that is going to be driving that car that's going to be a young person driving that car that's Mm -hmm. going to be an older person going to be driving that car whatever a lot of times it's true but we do the same thing with like I've I've I'll tell you this if I'd seen a picture of Orville Peck or not Orville Peck God I say it wrong every freaking time Orville Peck well, which one do I usually call him usually I don't know so by I the know. tattoo artist yeah. I can't remember his name now yeah Orville Peck well if I just saw him and didn't hear the music I'd be like what is this crap yeah you would I would kinda... judge a book by its cover yeah and and you can't strictly do that but at the same time though. The way things that when things were mainstreamed, like the days of Michael Jackson, the days of Madonna, yeah, there was very little. There was very very little ways to find other types of entertainment. It was only I can remember Saturday nights with Solid Gold and uh, Dance Fever. You had your punk rock kids who'd American Bandstand trading tapes and stuff and going to shows all the time, and your metal kids doing the same thing, and then you had your you know your 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 rockers, but everybody everybody knew Madonna and Michael and Prince, and some of them didn't like them, but everybody knew them, and you couldn't avoid them because they were in everything and on everything. Yeah. So I think now it's no matter what your niche is, you can you can find it if you're good at it, and everybody's got the availability, hopefully to to get out there and do it. But it's it's you can find your niche, and as long as you're not trying to be a billionaire, you can probably float pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's just I guess where I come back to wondering is. I mean, it seems like it's more embracing individuality, but is it just more segmenting? Can you be highly successful now on a major, major level in a mainstream level without selling out to a small degree? Ask Joe Rogan to get back to me. <laughs> God bless. Oh, you said selling out to a small degree, my bad. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like yeah. at some point, you had to. Somebody had to lay it down. I, I'll tell you this: this isn't gloating. I think we'd be way further along. Career-wise, had we done that more? Oh, absolutely would have been. Have we been the easier to get along with in the <laughs> eyes of some people? Yeah. But at the same time, though, I wouldn't want to be like that. I wouldn't want I, – I will not, actually. I'll be honest with you. I've Look, I've been poor this long. Let's keep – I mean, I, I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I lost money because of a, 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 a promise I made to my father who's now passed away. Oh, yeah, I said, yeah. I will never do a paid promotion or even go out on New Year's Eve. Because mm-hmm. one of his close friends' son, who was my same age, uh, went out and partied on New Year's Eve, drank and, dro- drank and drove, and uh, 
He passed away. Yeah. And he said, Matthew, do me a favor. You can drink and, and party. 364 did not drive. You can drink and drive the drink other 364 party, days a year. 360, but don't go out on New Year's Eve. Stay at home, chill out, whatever. And yeah. I have. Yeah, New Year's Eve's a bad night to be out. Yeah. This is when all the, uh, it's when all the amateurs show up to drink. That's true. That's true. They're not seasoned like we are. Yeah, we, some seasoned partiers. We do it on the 30th. That's when we go. <laughs> on the yeah, but mainstream, you know, is is it good to have mainstream? Yeah, I don't ultimately think that it is, but another part of me oddly kind of misses it anyway. Because it was, well, if you do a job like ours, it's nice if everybody likes it. Dude, if 100 million people watch the, the finale of MASH, I mean, now that would be like 150 million people watching it. Half the country watched the finale to MASH. So, yeah, that's something that we would go in on our radio show and talk about because at least half the people listening to us watch that show. We all have that in common to talk about, so it's something that makes it easy. There for a while, every Monday, we would do a Sopranos recap Mm -hmm. because it was even being on HBO was so big that majority of people would watch it yeah to uh it, or we would get people into it maybe just to, to talk about on the air especially well dudes in that age range and our our target demographic and now we we talk more about things like that matter more honestly you yeah. know things like people uh, like things related to the to, to kids because something like 86 percent of adults in america have a kid so 86 percent of us got that in common yeah I think also Not me, too, y'all. one thing that we've we've discussed on the Rise Guys Morning Show before is the fake facade of those sitcoms that we grew up watching. Uh, you know, the guy would be like, he would work a very middle class job, but they lived in a six hundred thousand dollar house somehow. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like the only true to form show was Roseanne in mm-hmm. that regard where they really showed that and I, I think that's why my family totally identified with that show because my mom was Roseanne another one that, that is interesting was DJ. that somebody sent me a, a, this link the other day I never realized I never thought about it and that's why I never realized because I never gave it if I thought about it I would have realized it the entire run of the Andy Griffith show there was one black character with a speaking part in the entire run of the show every episode Only that only happened one time in one episode for one line really yeah I don't know the episode or the character or the actor or anything. I just know it was only one, the entire series. I've seen the meme so, where there was a black guy in the background and people said oh, there was one black guy who lived in Mayberry. So, yeah, if you watch a lot of TV shows from back then, um, you would, I mean, really, you'd start to get the impression that uh, up th- up before In the Heat of the Night came along and t- kind of told you more of the truth of the matter. Uh, if you watch a lot of TV shows back then or took in a lot of cultural stuff back then, you would think that after the Civil War there were no black people in the South, really. When in reality, throughout the history of America, some of the largest black populations have been in southern states and still are to this day. My best friend before you was a black kid. Yeah. What's up, Thomas? How's it going, Tom? That was my buddy. <laughs> he, he, he was replaced by, by nine. Yeah. But, yeah. Not it, replaced by. No, no. We, we. You just drifted apart. You grew apart. Drifted apart. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, mainstream. I I. Is it is it a bad thing? I think for member berries, the, the I think you coined that term. If you didn't, no, South Park it. did. Well, I, I want to give you credit by proxy. I give them credit. They're smart. It's it's so true. But I think every generation says it. I think every generation kids in the future are going to be talking about. Hey, you remember Angry Birds? Yeah, that's when we actually had to hold phones and not just look up and project it on the wall. So it was just projected by like behind my eyeball somehow that I can see it without doing anything. <laughs> yeah, did you get your surgery? It's before I had my brain chip. And mom and dad actually would lose their phone because it wasn't inside their ear. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, man. I'm glad we're going to die before that hopefully becomes the thing. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't want to die. Yeah, but you don't want to live to see all this stuff you don't want. 
Yeah, but our grandparents would have said, can you imagine the the telephone tells you who's going to call before you uh, you answer? Hey, they would have liked that. Everybody likes that. My grandma kept a whistle for prank calls. When someone would prank call her, she'd whistle in their ear. Caller ID was invented when we were still using practical technological innovation. We've moved <laughs> past that now. And, I mean, I don't want to be like, I don't think I have anything to worry about, but I don't want to be 80 years old one day. <laughs> oh, come and on, it goes, Jim. And it goes past that. It, I don't want to be 80 years old one day, like, in line to get on a ship to Mars to go die in a Martian nursing home because we already weren't this planet. No, I think this— I don't want to be there for that. Earth would be the nursing home. Earth Maybe. Would be the but nurse- if it's just too far gone, they take all us old people up there to die in a Mars nursing home. Uh, well, you could be. It could, man, this sounds like. Uh, Look, it's my theoretical. It's Mars nursing home. Oh yeah, I know. I think this would this would be like. Remember, uh, they say back in history, Australia was the convict continent where all the nations agreed we will just drop off all the con- uh, convicts there. And you know what was smart is they did it in Australia, which is not close to anything. Over here, we took them all to Georgia, Georgia. which shares land borders with. Four other states. The convict state, Georgia. Yeah. 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 They could just walk out of Georgia. <laughs> just walk to Tennessee or Florida or Alabama or South Carolina. You Pick see what pick. all the convicts down in Australia did? They they built that beautiful symphony. They did. They did the, 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 the Sydney, beautiful hall. Sydney Opera House, which is way better than the one in Newberry. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they did. Yeah. Oh, well. Jimmy. Matthew. What a, what a life. What I don't know what tomorrow will hold for us. I don't know what I don't know what Christmas is going to be like. I don't either, man. But just know that I no matter Thanksgiving again, no matter what happens, we'll never ever see another thing that generates the kind of buzz we saw when Crystal Pepsi came out. I still I know that I can look at my phone and see what time it is and f- swipe over and there's the calculator. But I still want a, a watch where I can uh, use as a calculator. Yeah. Plug in some little headphones and listen. Yeah. I miss Waltman. Yeah. Miss Diston. Dis- Diskmans. Diskmans. Well, it was it Walkman or Walk was it Walkmans or Walkmen? It was Walkmans. It'd have to be Walkman, right? Yeah. Shout out to X Pop. Yeah. Jimmy, this has been episode thirteen. Uh, I, I feel wore out because I feel like literally through my mind I've went through the, the past thirty five years. Longer than that, man. We started before we were we started in the like the thirties. Well, we're old souls. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We've gone along. We were talking about Glenn Miller, Cab Calloway, and FDR during this episode. Hot and mighty. Next time, we will talk about the life and times of Scott Joplin. Yes, we will. Uh, folks, time. do us a favor. We Our compensation for this is not only your enthusiasm and your passion and your, your nice little tweets and things that you do, but do us a favor. It's based on your listenership. Share the show. Forward it to a friend. You see the little button down there that, that's pointing up? Send it out to people who exclusively like podcasts or you know, those who are on the road truckers and stuff, they, they, you'll love it. Yeah, yeah, I think you will. This is just generally two dudes having conversations, telling some stories about some things. So please, if you like it, share it. If you don't like it, you don't have to share it. If you like it, give us a good review. If you don't like it, don't give us Hush a review. Hush your mouth. Keep, just shut up. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. For Jimmy Jack Jackie, I am Matthew, Matt I Man. Can, I can speak for me. See, we had this issue last time. I know. All right. Well, you, I'd like you to speak for me then. Okay, for Matt Man, I am nine. And this has been After Hours with the Rise Guys. Episode 13? Yeah. Episode 13. Ha! Bye, y'all. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
pass it around to your family and friends and other people. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.